I don't know about you, but I'm noticing an awful lot of people walking away from Christianity lately. Why is that? Let's talk about it. My name is Sydney LaFleur Murphy, and welcome to the Life at Peace podcast. This show is all about tackling the stuff that fuels our everyday demands, doubts, and dysfunction in our perpetual pursuit of peace. Get ready for deep thoughts and challenging topics, all grounded in biblical truth. Enjoy the show. So I remember I was eight years old. This was one Sunday at Children's Church, or the Sunday school, as we called it, at the church I grew up at. It was during the lesson, the teacher was speaking, everyone was listening and engaged from what I remember, and then suddenly this little boy stood up and said, I don't believe in Jesus Christ. And there was an audible gasp throughout the whole room, I think maybe even the teacher included, and it was just silent. I don't remember anything that happened before that or anything that happened after that, but All I know is that was my first exposure to someone denying Jesus, especially publicly like that. Um, In my little sphere of influence growing up, I'm sure from the womb, my parents were already quoting scriptures and speaking uh, God's word over me. I was reading the Alice in Bible Land books, little children's books that go into the stories of Jonah and Noah Noah and Moses. So all of that, that was deeply ingrained. And as far as I knew up to that point in my little eight-year-old life, There was no option outside of being a Christian. There was nothing else to believe in. So when I heard that little boy stand up and say that, I just, that totally uh, just shook me. (laughs) Um, uh, Evidently, because even today, all these years later, I still remember the incident. Now, I'm not sure if that kid knew what he was saying or if he, you know, fully understood the weight of what he had just said, but there is a possibility that he did. And unfortunately, what he did is what a lot of people are doing right now in the church. Um, They are standing up against their faith, denouncing it, and moving towards what is called deconstruction of the Christian faith. Now, deconstruction literally means, if you're not familiar with this, taking apart your faith and examining it more closely. Uh, Some people do this to the point of abandoning it altogether. Maybe they've asked enough questions and they're like, you know what, I've decided this isn't for me. Um, At the root of it, deconstruction is really meant to challenge you to think about why do I believe this or do I believe it? And so I believe, actually, I'm going to go ahead and say this, I think we should all do this to some degree. Um, It's not good to just go through life and regurgitate what you were taught growing up or uh, just parrot back things that people have said to you. I think with any belief system, you need to think critically about why is this what you're centering your life around? Why is this what you're uh, claiming is the truth? And why do you believe it so wholeheartedly? And Unfortunately, most people denouncing Christianity are people who grew up Christian. Like these aren't people that were introduced to the faith a few years ago and now they're deciding that it's not for them. These are people who grew up uh, most often as preacher's kids. They were involved in vacation Bible school. Maybe they taught Sunday school at some point. So they've been deeply ingrained and involved in the church and they are just coming to the realization that they really don't want to believe Christianity anymore. They don't want anything to do with what it represents or what it stands for. It seems like every day there's a new story, a new situation of someone deciding to give up on their faith. I have the Twitter app, um, which I've been trying to spend less and less time on lately, but on Twitter there will be 
notifications popping up of another person sharing a story of someone who was hurt or abused or just betrayed by an elder in the church or by someone that they, you know, trusted in the church. And there's just more and more fuel uh, uh, onto the fire of why they're walking away from Christianity. So, and I'll go ahead and say this too, um, there are several reasons to give up on Christianity. It's, these are valid reasons, and I'm going to go through a few of them in this episode. Um, <laughs> it's, it's important to acknowledge that these, these are valid. People have concerns, people have questions, and it's really, uh, it, it can be productive to go ahead and dive into those questions and, and try to figure out why, you know, people might want to leave. Why is, um, I guess, why is this deconstruction growing in so much popularity? So a few of the reasons I, I'm going to highlight are um, hypocrisy amongst Christians, perceived contradictions in the Bible, trouble finding answers to questions of life, or maybe existing answers are not to their satisfaction. And number four is we just have a desire to live however we want. We don't want to be accountable to anyone or anything. So the first of these reasons, uh, hypocrisy amongst Christians, absolutely no denying this. Um, the problem with using hypocrisy as a way to write off Christianity as a whole, though, is that you'll find hypocrisy in Buddhism, in Hinduism, in agnostics, in atheists, anybody, people claiming no religion. Hypocrisy is a human issue. It is not just something exclusive to the church. And um, it would be foolish to just think that walking away from Christianity will spare you from all of that uh, with hypocrisy. Now, I will say, Christians, we are called to be like God. That is our whole mandate is to spend our lives growing closer to him, to get to know him and to share the gospel. So we are supposed to be like God. But the problem is we cannot be God. So that means as hard as we try, we're still going to have off days. We're still going to have days where we disappoint people or fall below their expectations, or do something that they weren't um, thinking that we could do as Christians. And this is not at all a call to be complacent in our faith. Um, If anything, this is just a reality check that as long as we put our faith into other people to, uh, to be God or to live up to that exact standard that God has set, um, we are going to be disappointed. Um, Humans, you know, we can have plenty of good days, and days where, you know, I was a good Christian today. I did this. I told them this. I helped out that person with this. But then very next day could slip up, you know, could lose your temper, could get impatient with somebody. So if, if you're always looking to other Christians to be God for you, uh, you're going to be let down at some point. So really hypocrisy, that is a extremely valid argument. You know, you grow up in church and see people just actively going against what you've what they're telling you to do. That's hard. That's that's tough to swallow. And, you know, it's it's totally valid to have feelings of resentment and bitterness towards the church for that. But I'm, what I'm saying is you cannot use uh, the flaws of man, you know, the actions of man to nullify the character of God. God is faithful. He is who he said he is. Uh, even when we as Christians, as his people are, you know, are acting up, we're not doing right. So we cannot let hypocrisy be the sole reason that we write off Christianity. Point number two, perceived contradictions in the Bible. The Bible's a challenging read. <laughs> There's a reason that people devote their entire lives and careers to studying it and trying to discern it and make sense of it. This is not a book that you read cover to cover 
and you've got it all figured out on the first go around. Uh, we need the Holy Spirit and his discernment to make sense of the scriptures. Uh, because the Bible is a book of spiritual truths, and there's a lot of different reasons why. Now, I totally acknowledge, yeah, this is tough. And in my own time reading the Bible, uh, I've come across several passages that I thought were contradictory. And I'm like, well, the scripture says this, but then, you know, a few verses ago, I, I read this. So which one is it? Or maybe across books, I'll read something and then go back to the other book and be like, but I thought... So, yeah, there's, um, I totally acknowledge and can see why people would get frustrated or give up on trying to read the Bible, but that goes back to the whole thing with discernment. We cannot read it in our own intellect and our own power and think that we're going to make sense of it all. Another thing to acknowledge is, you know, the Bible, I read it in English. I mean, that's my first language, uh, but the original language of the Bible was not English. (laughs) Spoiler alert. So that means when we're reading, it's also important to go back and study. Uh, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.15, to study to show thyself approved. So reading is not enough. You know, it's not enough to just read this chapter and be like, okay, well, I did my, I did my job. No, we got to go back and study and figure out, you know, the cultural context of what we were reading, the historical context, what was happening in the land at the time, what were the laws of the land you know, try to put ourselves into the minds and the, the, you know, the shoes of people that were living during that time. And, you know, we, we can't read the Bible with, in my case, my American understanding or, you know, whatever country you're native to, we can't superimpose our cultural values and our norms onto what the Bible is saying. And I think that's a big problem with reading the Bible is we try to read our perspective into it instead of reading and studying what it says at face value. So that's a big problem with trying to interpret the Bible in our own strength. It's also challenging in the sense that it convicts us. Um, the Bible, it's, a, it's tough t- uh, to read that we're sinners, that we need God's uh, grace, and that we can't live up to his standards on our own, that we all fall short. That's hard to swallow, <laughs> especially if you think or you subscribe to the idea that humans are just naturally good-natured and we're good people. No, that's not true. That's why Jesus had to come and die and lay down his life for our sins and resurrect so that we could be in right standing with God. And even in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 4 talks about the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. You know, it penetrates and discerns the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So when you read the Bible, you know, especially as someone who is who's grappling with their faith or who is, um, you know, not saved, that can be tough to read. You know, we don't want to believe that we need help or that we that our lives are messed up. Um, and so, yeah, the, the Bible is a convicting read. And, you know, honestly, I think it that it, that could be a reason why people want to give up on it or, you know, they want to throw it out is because they don't want that accountability. They don't want to, you know, look at themselves in a mirror and acknowledge that they need help or that they have faults that can't be corrected by sheer goodwill. Which leads into uh, the next point of, you know, we have trouble finding answers to the questions of life. All of us, whether no matter where you stand in your faith or in your relationship with God, all of us have questions. All of us have things that we wish were different and that we don't understand why they're different, especially if God is all powerful and says that he can do everything that he can do. Um, And so with this one, you know, we might get questions like, why does God allow this? Or why did he let my life turn out this way? Why does evil exist? Why are people allowed to get away with certain things? 
And these are all totally valid questions. If I were an apologist, <laughs> I would do a deep dive into each of these, you know, starting with the argument of morality. Uh, but at the heart of it, uh, God has given us all free will. And which is, it's a two-edged sword because, you know, on the one hand, we have the freedom to choose. We have the freedom to, you know, carve out whatever life we want for ourselves. But then that also means that people can choose evil. You know, we can choose to engage in crimes and evil acts. And, you know, unfortunately, um, for reasons beyond, you know, our understanding, beyond my understanding, you know, sometimes God allows these things to persist and to happen. But what the Bible does promise is in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, you know, for we know that God works out all things according to the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So God turns anything, any situation, good or bad, around for the good of those who believe in him and who love him. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, the Bible also says, um, for without faith, it is impossible to please God. So there has to be some degree of faith in our relationship with God. If he just gave us all the answers to everything, why would we need him? We, we would just know what to do ourselves all the time. There would be no reason to depend on him, no reason to count on him for anything. So with that said, I know a lot of us are, especially if you grew up in church, we are conditioned to just not ask questions or to not probe too deeply. But that's part of a healthy relationship with God is admitting that you don't know the answers and that you need him. You need his guidance. And we should ask questions. You know, a lot of people will think that Christianity or religion, period, is an excuse to turn our brains off, to not use reason, to not use logic. And that couldn't be further from the truth. God made our minds. He created us with curiosity to be inquisitive, to discover, to explore, to investigate things. He wants us to seek him. And he knows with all the distractions, all of the voices in this world, that it's going to be hard to trust him all the time. It's going to be hard to know that he's with us. And he wants us to seek after that. He wants us to wrestle with the hard questions and to trust him to provide us with the answers. So, Christianity does not equal a lack of intellect or a lack of logic or reasoning. You know, use your mind. You know, the Bible says to love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all, all your mind. You know, think. Think about why you believe in him, why you, why you trust him to do what he says he's going to do. And if you're wrestling with that, that's okay. Bring that to God, too. He can handle it. So point number four, we desire to live however we want. We don't want to be accountable to God. We don't want to be accountable to other Christians. We don't want people judging us, looking at our life choices, our lifestyle, asking questions about it, reminding us, you know, the Bible says we don't want to hear that. We just want to live and do whatever feels good. And we want to be our own gods, essentially. We don't want people to, uh, we don't want to have to report to anyone or, you know, confess or admit that we've messed up or made mistakes. So in that sense, uh, if you're coming from that perspective, Christianity feels too restrictive. The Bible seems like a giant rule book, and God seems like someone who's just wagging his finger at you, uh, watching you, waiting to see when you screw up so that he can say, I told you so, and condemn you to hell just like everybody else. But in response to that, I would say what the Bible says. God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts, and his ways are not our ways. So we can't even conceive of, of what he's thinking or his reasons behind doing everything that he does. So there's a chance that if something appears restrictive or like it's keeping you from something good or from living your best life or experiencing life to the fullest, um, chances are that God has seen and looked ahead to that. and He knows what it will do to destroy us 
um, whether emotionally or spiritually. Um, a good example would be sexual immorality. You know, people more and more are getting away from the idea that sex should be reserved for marriage and they're just running around um, just wanting to have sex with whoever they want. Sex has become part of dating. And, you know, we just, there's this collective idea that, you know, oh, well, that's so restrictive. I don't want to just be have sex with one person um, when I'm married. Uh, and so the solution appears to be, well, just sleep with whoever you want. And God knows, the Bible talks countless scriptures about sexual immorality. And so God knows what that can do to you, what, what, what damage that does uh, when you just give yourself away like that. So that's just one example of many, but, you know, even things that seem restrictive or like they're keeping us from something, um, that's just not the case. Uh, the Bible also says that God does not withhold anything good from those who walk uprightly. Uh, so he's not keeping you from anything good. He's not trying to cramp your style or, or rain on your parade or do anything to, to keep you down. God loves us so much that he wants to protect us from what can hurt us, what can damage us uh, in the long run. So with those four reasons, those are just the four that I wanted to hit on in this episode with uh, a lot of reasons people give up on Christianity. Uh, so that again, those are hypocrisy, perceived contradictions in the Bible, uh, trouble finding answers to questions of life, and then the desire to live according to what we want instead of what God wants. And so this all leads into uh, what the scripture says about falling, about a falling away, about people getting further and further away from God. Uh, and I'm going to use Romans 1 for that. But just to paraphrase, um, Paul talks about how, you know, in the, in the later days, like in the last days, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, disobedient to their parents, idolaters, and they'll essentially just want nothing to do with God. And so while deconstruction is shocking, um, especially if it's someone that you know or grew up in church with, it is not surprising. Uh, the Bible warns about this and how people will just want to uh, just really run away from God and just totally rebel and do whatever we want to do. So it's shocking, but not surprising. And so how should we as Christians respond to all this? Well, number one is to pray. Um, prayer, it works. It's always, it should always be our first line of defense is to pray about this. Um, lift up the people in prayer who you know are struggling with their faith, who need some extra help, who need some guidance, and um, people that you maybe, maybe you know them or you don't know them, but you just um, are heartbroken over what's happening within the church with people wanting to leave and run away from Jesus instead of running to him. God knows what's going on right now. He's not surprised by this. It doesn't catch him off guard. And he knows what people are wrestling with and he wants to be there to help them with it. So prayer would be number one with how Christians can respond to this uh, phenomenon. Number two, I would say do not beat people over the head with the Bible. We should not, <laughs> as much of a knee-jerk reaction as it might be to do that, that could actually have the opposite effect and make people want to run even further away. Because as I mentioned before, um, most of the people engaging in deconstruction or, or walking away from Christianity are people that grew up in the church. They know this. They, you know, good chances that they know the scripture that you're throwing at them. They know the passages you're referring to. They've wrestled with it. They've read it. And they've just concluded that they don't believe it uh, for one reason or another. So resist the urge to beat people over the head with scriptures, with passages from the Bible. 
and just instead have conversations with them. Talk to them, try to figure out what's going on and empathize with them, sympathize with them. Uh, Just be there for them as support instead of being um, condemning or a voice that is um, just trying to, you know, remind them of, of what, of how, what they're doing is wrong. You know, people don't need to hear that all the time. Sometimes they just need someone to listen and to be there for them. So if you know someone who is uh, either thinking about walking away from Christianity or Christianity or who has walked away, uh, don't, you know, don't turn your back on them. Just be there for them, uh, have open arms for them and remind them that they can come and talk to you and that you'll be there for them. And of course, I'm going to throw in a music reference because music helps me a lot. It's encouraging to me and I listen to it every single day. And it's just a great way, I think, to, uh, you know, especially with Christian music to just help kind of deepen your relationship with God. But my favorite artist, Torrin Wells, he has a song called Come Home. It's on his most recent album, Joy in the Morning. And it essentially is speaking to this this movement of deconstruction. And one of my favorite lines in the whole song is, you can bring your doubts, you can think out loud, love will hear you out. So speaking to the people that are wrestling with questions, doubts, insecurities, just not even sure if they can uh, handle being a Christian anymore, uh, this would be a great song. Again, it's called Come Home by Torrin Wells. And it just speaks to the idea that God is not intimidated. He's not afraid of our emotions or what we're, um, what we're angry about, you know, what we're upset about. He can handle all of that if we just bring it to him. So um, thank you guys for listening to this episode. And I hope this encourages you. Please share this with someone in your circle, family, friends. You can follow me on social media, go to the YouTube channel, subscribe. And if you're already here, make sure to follow my show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google. But I will uh, look forward to hearing from you guys on social media about, you know, your thoughts, reactions to this episode, and feel free to DM me, send me episode suggestions. I look forward to seeing you guys in the next one. Peace.